0: Welcome back to the spiritual journey I like to call the Jesus Wedding. I'm Maddie Rivers, and this is Fan the Flame, a title taken from 2 Timothy 1 6. The series is the Hebrew Wedding, and today's episode I'm going to be covering the bride. I'm talking about the, the Hebrew wedding of Bible times. The, uh, the proposal and engagement have a lot to do with you know, what it looks like as the bride. Jesus referred back to the wedding structure so many times to describe what his relationship with us looked like. So it's important to go back to that and to, to understand exactly what he was referencing. Today we're also going to be looking at another physical reference as it relates to the spiritual realm. So the proposal, um, how the proposal looks for, for the wedding of the, the Hebrews, the young man would go to the father. The father would accept the proposal on his daughter's behalf. And then the engagement process, the, the young man would go off and prepare a place for the two of them to live. Now the, the young woman would be waiting for him to return. She would be waiting, she would be uh, getting ready, she would need to be ready at a moment's notice because as soon as she heard those trumpets sound, that's when she knew today is the day He comes and He takes me to be His bride. And this is where we are right now. Jesus came, established the new covenant, He ascended into heaven, and now we're waiting for Him to return. So, what does it look like for us to be getting ready? We know that uh, we are to be getting ready. We are to be uh, readying ourselves for the second coming, for um, more specifically the judgment day. What does it look like for us to do that? So today I'm gonna be looking at several passages starting in Matthew chapter five. If you haven't pen and paper, I'm gonna go over uh, all the the books that I'm gonna be uh, pulling from today. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 5 is where we're starting. That's going to be our base passage, if you will. Then we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 21, Isaiah chapter 65, backtracking to Isaiah uh, chapter 40, then John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 10, and finally Galatians chapter 5 This is what we're going to be looking at today. Each one of these passages, there's so much to be said, especially in Revelation, but we're going to be looking at how each of these passages help complete, help further complete the picture of the previous passage. Now, if you have your Bible, you want to pull that out and follow along, I will be reading from the English Standard Version. so. If you're following along and our translations do not match up word for word I'm guessing you don't have the ESV, (laughs) that's okay, it's fun to make comparisons between translations. There's also uh, the Blue Letter Bible, an app on your smartphone, I'll be going back, I'll be using that to go back to the original language, uh, the original text, and, uh, and looking up definitions there. May the Lord bless the reading of his word as we dive in. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. What is he talking about there? I always found this you know growing up in a christian home i always found this passage to be pretty confusing I was scared that my my right hand could be infected with sin and though i knew jesus as my personal savior maybe maybe that 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 sin infection was going to overcome me i'm going to lose my salvation my whole body is going to be thrown into hell jesus what jesus is establishing here he's actually talking about the physical it's completely physical, actually. See, sin and hell are both words that we use for the spiritual. But other translations, um, instead of sin, they use offense, and uh, and what they're the the picture that they're trying to paint there is the cause to stumble. So Jesus is referring, instead of saying sin or your spiritual transgressions, he's actually not saying that. What he's saying is, if your right eye causes you to stumble is a source of harm for your body. Take it out. And continue on with this. Um, Hell is translated from the word Ge'enah. He's not referring to a spiritual place. He's referring to a physical place. Also uh, referred to as the Valley of Hinnom. This would be south or southwest of Jerusalem, the city. This is where the filth and dead animals were cast out and burned. Now, why is this so significant? Well, because he's not—he's not talking about the spiritual. He's using the—he's phys- talking about the physical and using the physical to describe the spiritual. And we know he's describing the spiritual because we can look back—not uh, back, but we can uh, skip forward to Revelation 21. Again, a lot to be said, but I don't have time to go into all of those details. We are covering the overlap that these passages have with each other. Uh, Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem. There's Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There's the wedding. looks just like Jerusalem. This serves to further Jesus's point when he says cast it out, talking about casting it out of the city. And then if we continue in verse 8, something very familiar appears there too. As for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion, will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Wow, isn't that interesting? The second death, lake of fire. So where he is here, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about your physical body. He's talking about the city of Jerusalem. He's talking about the valley of Hinnom. Or Gaena. And that all relates. That all is directly tied to the spiritual. Very firm, solid example. Now we're gonna hold on to that to that lesson. We're gonna cover a couple more passages, or a few more passages, I should I should say. We're gonna hold on to that to that picture. Jesus talking about the city of Jerusalem and talking about Gehenna, Talking about that which causes you to stumble. Okay, we're gonna take a modern doctor with medicine. We're gonna take uh, cancer as the cause to stumble. We're going to place them, both of those uh, things, in the the old city of Jerusalem. And we're gonna place a bookmarker right there. Continue reading the Bible. Revelation 21, the picture for the Revelation 21 is brought up in Isaiah 65 verse 17. Behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth. For former things will not be remembered or come into mind. And it begs the question, is everything on this earth going to be left out? Is there any good that will be remembered? You know, people ask questions all the time. You know, I wonder if pets are allowed into heaven. Okay, that's that's not so important as it is to, to recognize what aspects of your life will be entered into heaven. Stop and think about that because that's the important question. You can have fun with the ideas of animals going into heaven, but stop and really focus in. Is there any part of your life that will be remembered in heaven because right here it says that former things will not come to mind. In Revelation it says former things have passed away. Backtracking to Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 we have the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. There it is. That is what will exist in the kingdom. And that exists here and that exists there. Okay, so what is the word? Are we talking about the uh, the physical Bible? Well, definitely not the paper Bible that I'm holding or that you're holding or that exists in the world because those things, well, there's so many that have been destroyed over time or have fallen apart. So it can't be the the, the written word. Let's take a look at John chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There it is. Jesus was the living Word of God. So yes, the Word will exist. It's the living Word of God. Christ fulfilled the law here on earth. His life was perfect, and He will live on in the kingdom. He's already there. He's in heaven right now. He said that he was going to ascend. He said that he was going to go prepare a place for us, and this is where he is right now. So when we meet him on the other side, will he remember everything? Jesus, who paid the price for our sins, who carried it, will he remember our transgressions? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 answers this. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. It's forgotten. Jesus is the only thing that will be remembered. Jesus is the only thing that will be established. So how are we to prepare here on earth? We need to be investing in Jesus. How do we do that? Well, Jesus left us with the spirit. The works of the flesh, the carnal, can be compared to animal instinct. We have a lot in common with animals because they're both flesh. And if you put it in terms of, like, animal instinct, it'd be better to understand that there is no sound judgment within our flesh. You know, we, we may have the spirit and we may be redeemed, but we still have to deal with the flesh and the corrupt, uh, the spiritual corruptness that we have. See, our our, our flesh have, hasn't necessarily been enlightened. So now our spirit, about the Bible, paints this picture of our spirit battling the flesh and the sin within. But we have been crucified with Christ, right? It isn't no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So what is it like to be have a spirit-driven life? Surrendering over to the spirit, letting the spirit take the wheel. Well, this is Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 is an awesome chapter to, to read through because it, it has a side-by-side comparison of what it is to uh, be driven by the sple- flesh or be driven by the, uh, the spirit. And so here we have our answer. This is, what, this is what a spirit-driven life looks like. Loving, kindness, goodness, patience, peace, gentleness, self-control. These are the attributes that you are going to possess when you lead a spirit driven life. And when you lead a spirit driven life, you are surrendering over to Christ. Now, Christ's actions are living through you. And when Christ's actions are living through you, that's an investment. Those things, Christ's life, whether it be by Christ Himself, or Christ living through you, Christ's life will be remembered in the kingdom, the new Jerusalem that is waiting for us. So going back to Matthew chapter 5, he says if there is anything, we have the modern doctor, right? Anything is causing you to sin. We have the modern doctor in the old uh, city and Gaena, that is located outside of the city. taking it, uh, Applying it to your physical body. If your right eye is found to be cancerous, what is the first thing that that doctor is going to want to do? He's going to want to cut it out. Simple, cleanest procedure. Cut it out, throw it away. Better for you to live in the city without one eye than for your whole body to be taken over by this cancer to die and your body to be thrown into Gaena, where it is to be burned. Comparatively speaking, Jesus is referring to your life on earth. Are you investing in God? Are you surrendering that over to God? If you are by the Spirit, you have crucified your flesh, its desires, and its passions. Get rid of it. Put that to death. Let it exist in you no more. Walk by the Spirit. Let Christ's actions live through yours, turning the other cheek, loving your enemy, all those good things. Those things will be remembered by God. When we go get to judgment day and God separates, uh, looks at our entire life, sees the wrongs that we have done. He separates us from all of our transgressions. Will there be anything left to be welcomed into the kingdom? Or will our entire life be left out of the kingdom? It's a scary thought. It's a little intimidating of a thought process, isn't it? Will he see Jesus at work through us? Will he see that we were acting as Jesus' ambassador to other people? Will he see more than just the redemptive salvation that we've been given. I know I want him to see my life and say that, see that I have invested in Christ, I've surrendered to Christ, that Christ, it was no longer that I live, but Christ lived through me. No longer I who lived, but Christ lived through me. Such an amazing statement. So this is the attitude. This is what our heart attitude should look like. This lesson, be taken to heart. Maybe that right hand is, um, is, a, is a relationship in your life, a friendship, a TV show. Maybe it's a hobby, a pastime. Whatever it is, get rid of it. If it's causing you harm, if it's a source of harm in your spiritual life, better for you to live without that one piece of your life here on earth than for your whole life to be forgotten when you enter the new city of Jerusalem, the kingdom come. This is what it is to be the bride. And this is part one. We're going to continue with part two in the next segment so stay tuned for that my friends my spiritual family you are truly blessed beyond compare you have the written word of god you have the spirit holy ghost of god to translate the spiritual depths that is waiting for you in the word of god so stay in his word stay in his presence stay blessed